Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are moving on to Chapter 10 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. But before we do, let's recap Chapter 9. Chapter 9 was Grim Defeat. Yeah. This is not a, not a happy chapter. It was not. Uh, Professor Lupin wasn't feeling well. And Snape brews a special potion to help him out. And is keeping a very close watch on Lupin, Jessica. Yeah, he's a very suspicious guy. Not Lupin, Snape. He's suspicious of everyone and everything. Uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, the trio, thinks Snape is trying to poison Lupin and take over his Dada position. That'd be a shame. Uh, Snape actually fills in for Lupin in Dada class. And the students are not happy with the lessons or the homework. Or the fact that they lost, like, all of their points. Yeah. Gryffindor just was on zero by the end of that class. I don't think Hermione minded the extra homework, though. No, no, <laughs> Two actually. rolls of parchment? All right! Yes. We had the uh, big Gr- Hufflepuff versus Gryffindor Quidditch match in the middle of a monsoon, apparently. Yeah, your Hufflepuffs, they cheated, I'm pretty sure. They, they made it rain? No, they just cheated. I don't, that doesn't sound like a Hufflepuff thing, but we'll have an intern look that up. <laughs> Harry is distracted during the match by the second appearance of the Grimm, which is the large, black, menacing, spectral dog that's been following him around. Or the third appearance, if you count the yeah, tea leaves. Say, he said second, and I guess it's technically the second time he's seen the dog, but yeah, it was... The tea leaves in Professor Trelawney's class? Yeah, it was representative represented in the tea leaves Mm -hmm. i don't know not only that but harry looks down below the quidditch pitch and sees tons of dementors just hanging out just hanging out came to watch the match big big fans (laughs) well they didn't pay for a ticket they just ran onto the field i don't think anybody pays for tickets well but you can't be on the field no you can't be on the field that's no you can't be on the pitch that's ridiculous uh they're not even supposed to be on the school grounds but uh dumbledore scatters the dementors he's pretty upset about that Harry falls off his broom. Harry's broom shoots off away from him and lands in a very unfortunate spot in the arms of the uh, championship boxing tree, the Whomping Willow. Yeah. They have a lot of run-ins and poor luck with that tree. Yeah. I think there's going to be like a, like an alternate story uh, that J.K. Rowling's going to write. And like Ron's going to come back with like a chainsaw <laughs> like in like 20 years. An enchanted chainsaw. An enchanted chainsaw. That, that he can, like, levitate over there to do the dirty just, work. He's just going to cut down the Whomping Willow and turn it into, uh, like, a canoe or something like that. More broomsticks? Can uh, you make broomsticks out of Whomping Willow branches? Uh, I don't know. We'll have an intern look it up. Maybe uh, beater bats. I any, feel like that would be. Anybody that works at a lumber idea. yard, you can send us an email at broomsticks.butterbeer.gmail.com. As long as you have experience in broomsticks. Uh, this is the first Quidditch match 
that Harry has ever participated in and lost. His broom is destroyed, and he's in the infirmary. And that's chapter nine. Isn't he always? Yeah. <laughs> always in the hospital wing. So chapter 10 is a long chapter, but we get so much new information mm-hmm. in this chapter. Yeah, I feel like not a lot actually happened. We just learned a lot. Yeah. Of new, of old, like we... We learned a lot of It's old like we stuff. were watching a, like a newsreel or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at the boys storm the shore in at Normandy Beach in 1944. <laughs> wasn't quite like Gonna that. Gonna sack old Adolf in the jaw. That wasn't the voice I heard <laughs> while reading. That's always the voice I hear. Oh, God. When I get a bunch of information. But chapter 10 is called the Marauder's Map. That's Woo-hoo! something that is very uh, prominent in uh, Harry Potter lore. You know, you can't go to like a Comic-Con or anything like that without seeing somebody who has a bag or a shirt or something. Dress. I have a beach towel. Yeah. That is the Marauder's Map. Mm-hmm. We did a Marauder's Map puzzle once. It was very difficult. Oh, that was the worst <laughs> ever. The worst! We're still mad at Jelly for that. Yeah, our friend... Uh, Jelly Stearns, uh, photographer, movie maker extraordinaire. He'd probably be preferred to be known by Joey, but... Or Joe. His name is like, Joe. who is Joe? <laughs> who is that? Yeah, but he gave us that puzzle. Uh, and despite that, he's actually a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes he gives us puzzles that... Uh, Are impossible to yeah. do. Because the pieces fit together in multiple ways and the pattern repeats. Probably a Slytherin. Oh, definitely. Jelly? Yeah. Definitely a Slytherin. Yeah. So Him and can... Andrew hang out in their little yeah. Slytherin common room down there in Springfield. Mm-hmm. He's very ambitious. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that he, he's doing now are pretty cool with his his movies and his uh, photography and very artistic. And uh, But, uh, you know, I think the, the giving of impossible puzzles to somebody is uh, kind of evil. So yeah. <laughs> there's, some, there's some evil undertones in there. <laughs> Uh, so, like I said, the Marau- Marauders map, pretty, um, you know, it's a it's a pretty uh, significant. I don't know if it's if it's more significant or just memorable. Memorable, you know? people enjoy it, not just the map itself, but the the words that go along with it. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves that tagline, catchphrase, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's on that's on everything too. Oh yeah, I, not even the map, but like I solemnly swear I'm up to no mm-hmm. good. Um, I mean, we've seen that tagline just like on, um, like you said, clothing and, and... I have a bracelet. Yeah. That has it on there. So it's, it's, it's something that's, that's stuck with with fans and readers quite a bit throughout the books and the movies. So we're going to learn a lot about that, but then at the end of the chapter, we're going to just get inundated with a bunch of like History. OMG <laughs> <laughs> moments that uh, are going to kind of crush... Uh, Oh my you know, gosh. Harry's world. It was almost drunk history. They're sitting in the pub, drinking, <laughs> and telling the history story. <laughs> I want to tell you about Sirius is black. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was eight eight nineteen hundred and ninety two. We love the show Drunk History. Just so anybody out there is wondering what are we talking about? It's a show called Drunk History. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. People uh, get drunk and tell you things about history. Uh, so let's go into chapter 10 here. Uh, Harry's visitors to the infirmary 
they don't know the whole story. They know, only know that Harry's hurt, but they don't know about him seeing the Grimm in the crowd, right? Yeah, Ron and Hermione, like, it says that they only leave at night. They're there all day. They're trying to cheer him up. People are bringing him gifts and strange flowers. Yeah, it looks like, Hagrid like cabbage brought, or something <laughs> brought like that. strange flowers. Jenny brought a singing card. I mean, that everybody shut up. is trying to cheer him up, but they can't, and they don't even really know why they can't, because he's not sharing this information. Mm-hmm. Well, Harry's still upset about his continued negative encounters with these Dementors, especially now that this most recent one involved him hearing the voices of his dying parents, hearing Voldemort laughing about the, the killing yeah. of his parents. It was pretty... He didn't really understand the first time what he was hearing, yeah. but this time now we know he understands. Yeah, he heard his intense. mother trying to protect him. She heard Voldemort laughing at her and then killing her. So it's not that, that he just gets near a Dementor and he's passing out. It's a very... Uh, traumatic. Yeah, very traumatic uh, experience every time that he gets near one of them. And we're going to learn more about why in this chapter... Again, we learned so much so in this much. chapter about why the Dementors affect Harry so much, Harry and Sirius Black, and why that's like such a big thing that Sirius would want to get to Harry, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's. Uh, and then, the, and then that's not even mentioned the Marauders' Map, which is the namesake of the chapter. Yeah. So there's there's a lot going on here. It was a long chapter, but. It didn't feel that long when that, I was reading it. I was just waiting to get in to say that. Yeah. You had mentioned that it was a long chapter, but it didn't feel that way at all. Like, like some of the chapters where like, it's like, oh, I want to yeah, know more. Where it's like and 30 pages of, of them just like shopping and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> where it's all interesting uh-huh. because, you know, she paints such a, a really cool world and you want to see more of it. But this was the juicy stuff. This was stuff that we want to know. And a lot of it, the way they tell the, in the way Harry finds out about some of this stuff is not how it happens in the movie. And so I was a little thrown off when I started reading. I'm like, no, this isn't how it happens. This isn't, because it's been a while since I've read the books. And then I realized, oh yeah, this is, they, it's just, it's different from the movies. Well, Harry's uh, back to school now after spending a little time in the infirmary and He's happy to be back at school, but he does have to deal with the increased torment from Draco. Every time uh, Harry Malfoy. has a negative encounter with the Dementors, he's got to deal with Draco a little bit. But he's okay. He He's just happy to be back at, Hogwarts. at school. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my tagline. <laughs> just happy to be at Hogwarts. The good news is Lupin is also back, Yay. but he looks even more disheveled than usual, doesn't he? Yeah, they said that he looks like even skinnier, dark circles under his eyes. There was later a note, uh, Harry noticed that he just, he looks really old for his age. Gray mm. hair, wrinkled face, and he's not that old. Uh, the, like I said, the good news is Lupin's back, and Harry has a little bit of a breakthrough of information during a post-class meeting with Professor Lupin, doesn't he? Yes. What does he... What does he learn about, what Harry that is, what does he learn about his interaction with the Dementors and why it affects him so much? Yeah, he asks Lupin that question just straight out. He can't even, like, stop himself. He just says, why? Why do they affect me so much? And Lupin, He thinks it's because he's weak. 
And but Lupin kind of cuts him off. Yeah, he says it's, it's say not that. that. It's not because you're weak. It's because it brings up traumatic events in your life, and you've experienced more traumatic events or, or more traumatic event than anybody. So that's why it affects him more. And Harry, Harry kind of confesses. He says, "Yeah, I I hear Voldemort kill my mom," and because he has such a traumatic event in his past. And that's easy, I guess, for the Dementors to pull out. That's what makes him pass out. There's another thing in the conversation that that I thought was worth mentioning. And when Sirius Black's name comes up, Lupin's briefcase slips out of his hand. And he has to kind of catch it. And it kind of reminds me like in the movies when, when somebody says something that... Uh, like if you're trying to keep a secret or something like that and somebody brings up something that has to do with that secret. They drop the glass or, or something like that. So I don't think it's because Lupin is scared of Sirius Black and what he can do. It seems like there's something more there. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's there's something more about Sirius Black personally to Lupin that, that he's not letting on yet. So I just thought that was worth mentioning. And then uh, the other thing that comes out of this conversation is despite initially being reluctant, Lupin actually agrees to give Harry some training on defending himself in the likely case uh, that he encounters the Dementors again. <laughs> yes, anti-Dementor lessons. I thought that wasn't that kind of the defense against the dark arts teacher's job. Yes, but it's more advanced. It's a more advanced skill. So for his grade level, mm-hmm. it's not something that they would typically learn. Well, I think if you got a kid who's constantly being... Uh, harassed by Dementors. <laughs> harassed! Just harassed <laughs> It makes mentors. sense. Yeah, it w- wouldn't be a bad idea to, to give him some, some private lessons. Well, but then Lupin also, he says, you know, that he's not super skilled in that area. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's also part of it. He's like, I might not be the best one to teach you this because I'm, I'm not an expert expert in that mm-hmm. well, so seen, yes he knows a lot about we've dark, seen uh, you know harry mentions arts. that we've seen lupin Repel. be successful against one dementor yeah. at least but if he could just it's almost like kind of like self-defense class mm-hmm. you know if you take a self-defense class you can't just go out and just you're not going to be equipped enough to go out and be like a professional fighter or something like that but it might be just enough to keep you alive yeah. And that's kind of what what I compare it to when I think about maybe just get like some basic lessons just so you could, you know, survive an attack or just not be traumatized by your next encounter with a, a Dementor. Or some way to like delay, you know, how when like somebody's chasing you, you're supposed to like knock the chair over behind mm-hmm. you just to get a little yeah. extra. I always just try to outrun the person next to me. Yeah. It's like I don't have to be faster than the... Than the bad guy or the dinosaur. He's got to be faster than the person next to me. (laughs) Uh, But, but babe, you're faster than me. Oh, well, I would be carrying you, so we we count as (laughs) one. Okay. (laughs) We count as one. Uh, Harry's feeling a little bit more upbeat now, then, because of of the recent, uh, the recent things that have occurred. So he's got the potential of maybe some private lessons with Lupin. Uh, Dumbledore's really upset with the Dementors, and I think he's going to be extra vigilant about keeping them off the school grounds. Mm-hmm. And, and? Huff- Hufflepuff, 
who just beat Gryffindor, lost their last match to Ravenclaw. So Gryffindor is not eliminated yet from in the running from the Quidditch I Cup. I believe Hufflepuff was flattened by Ravenclaw. Uh, I don't. I don't. That's I J.K. That's J.K. Words. Rawlings' words. I mean, yeah. that's. I mean, that's. I think that'd be like some creative license that she, she took with that. She um, is the creator, so that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, just like a sports writer could write anything they want. <laughs> you know, they still have to. I'd like. I don't. Facts. I'd like to know what the final score was. I'd uh-huh. like to know how quickly it ended, and then I don't know. If flattened would be the uh, correct verb, but uh, I, I'd kind of like to know. Maybe we can find out what the actual score. I of that feel game like J.K. Rowling's pretty impartial. I feel like she loves them all equally. I don't so think she does. I think she's I a little biased. Think- <laughs> What is J.K. Rowling? What house is she? I don't know. I was just thinking that. Hmm. I was like, I wonder what house she is. I don't know if she, like, admits. because she loves them all. If you know, or if you want to speculate and give us some reasons why, send us an email at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. I mean, Or I on assume, Twitter at broomsticksb. I would assume Ravenclaw because she likes books. Uh, it's Christmas time at Hogwarts, Jess. It's Christmas time at Hogwarts. Can you talk a little bit, because this comes up in almost every book, can you talk a little bit about the significance of Christmas at Hogwarts and why it's... Because it seems like they make a big deal out of like Christmas and Halloween, mm-hmm. particularly. But really, Christmas is, is such a big deal in the Harry Potter books. It is. Um, I think partially it is because it's, it's like a different setup. Most of the kids go home, Harry stays, in this case Ron and Hermione are both staying as well. They can kind of get away with a little more. It seems like the rules are really laxed. So I feel like things happen over Christmas because of that. Um, But yeah, it's just very festive. The school's always decorated. All the teachers get really into it and decorate, which seems a little odd. I mean, I guess because some of the kids stay, you would decorate, but then at the same time, I feel like even like at our school where, you know, you put all the hol- the the holiday stuff up and then everybody goes home for two weeks mm-hmm. and then you come back and you just immediately take it all down. It just seems like it's a big deal in the wizarding world because even, I think they said even Flitwick already had his, like, classroom all, all decorated. It seems like they really, like, it's not just a thing that the, that the students enjoy. It seems like the entire wizarding world or the entire... You know, staff at Hogwarts, at least, really gets a kick out of it and thinks that it's a, a big deal. It is. Christmas is fun. Christmas is magical. Uh, so Ron and Hermione are going to stay at Hogwarts to keep Harry company over that Christmas break. And Ron and Hermione are also off to do some gift shopping at Hogsmeade, of course, without Harry. Oh. Who doesn't have a permission slip, Jessica? He doesn't. But then we get Fred and George Weasley I to the rescue. I love Fred and George. Always looking out for their adopted little brother. And we get into the namesake of this chapter, the Marauder's Map. So explain, if you would, the history of this little bit of parchment that the twins imbue young Harry with. Yeah, so they pull Harry aside into this empty classroom. And they show him this blank piece of parchment. And he's like... Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. Harry's like, what though. are these two Look at this, though. up to now? Like, we're going to carve some, a pumpkin on top of this. 
this is some prank. This is some joke. And Harry's just like ready for it. What it? All right, guys. Show me the trick. See, the thing is, though, the twins you are usually don't mess around with with Harry like that, though. So, mm-hmm. and and they're not in this case either. Mm-mm. You know, I, so I could see if they were like messing with little brother Ron or something like that. But with Harry, it seems like they're very conscious of not being as pranky with him for for lack of a, a better word like they i don't think they would mess with with harry just to be funny or to be mean like they would with their actual biological <laughs> brother if that makes sense well i think i think mrs weasley'd be really mad yeah like even more mad, mad than like, don't you know that he's nearly died every year yeah, leave you the can boy mess alone. with ron but leave harry alone <laughs> do whatever you want to ron not jenny because she almost died too yeah be nice to Jenny. But do whatever you want to run. <laughs> Ron only almost died, what, maybe one time with yeah. a car. I mean, come on. That's nothing. That's, it wasn't even really a death threat. It was a tree. All right, so back to this blank okay. parchment. So the boys take him in and they try and show him this blank parchment. They said that they, their first year at Hogwarts, they got in trouble with uh, Flitch from um, setting off a dung bomb. That's what it was. A dung bomb. (laughs) And they went into his office. I imagine it smelled like poop. Yes. Okay. Yes. Poop, dung. So uh, like a stink bomb, I guess. Yes. But specifically a poop bomb. I've never used a stink bomb bomb. or even smelled a stink bomb. So I don't really know what. I don't think they smell like poop. What they're like. But this was a dung bomb. A dung bomb. Yes. So they see this while they're in the office. They see this cabinet drawer, whatever, marked, confiscated extremely dangerous <laughs> Who would, why would he mark it like that i don't know like of course the weasleys are going to go in there and yeah. and, run and they even around. said that what would you have done if you saw That's that true. don't push the spread button whatever you do all right i guarantee Boop. within five minutes that you put that up on a wall at a school within five minutes that button's getting pushed about 50 times yeah so they create another diversion and swipe whatever they can grab out of this dangerous drawer and it happened to be this blank piece of parchment and i really want to know how they figured this out but it just says it took us a little while but we figured out how it worked and if you touch the map and say the famous words i solemnly swear that i'm up to no good a map appears on this parchment and not just any map but a map of hogwarts it shows every floor level moving staircase nook and cranny and secret passageways out of the castle. And it shows the people, little dots, labeled dots, moving around. That's the craziest thing to me, is that it's not just a blueprint of the entire castle. You could actually see where important people are at, at every time. So if you had one in the real world, and you could know like when your boss would be coming, Mm-hmm. You know, if you were, uh, I don't know, taking a nap or something like that. <laughs> if you are taking a nap, you wouldn't be looking at the map. <laughs> That's true. Um, you're, you're shopping online. Maybe you're doing your Christmas shopping online. So this is kind of a Christmas gotcha. theme. Gotcha. Something, something you're not supposed to be doing at work. Yeah. So it's, it's, very, it's a very useful tool to have. And the history of this was what what's the backstory of 
of this map here? Like what we know? Yeah. What I know. What we know. I know more. What we know. Um, it just it's called the Marauders map, and it said that it was made by Padfoot, Wormtail, Prongs, and Mooney to help with mischief mm -hmm. in the castle. So that's so really former old. students at Hogwarts created this map years ago and now it is for debauchery being uh, passed on to uh jokesters of of the f future generations yes to create uh, mischief so fred and george they said we've, we've got it all memorized we don't need this as as much as you do and here's how it's going to help you and they show him there are seven mm -hmm. Secret passages out of the castle, mm -hmm. four of which the teachers and everybody know about and are mm -hmm. watched. Um, one is caved in, and so that leaves. Now, was that the one that was caved in with the Chamber of Secrets? They said it was the one. They said it was behind the mirror. It's possible. I don't know. I didn't even think about that. What year did they say? They said last year. They, they used it up uh, until last they, year. Yeah, apparently they said they've used it before, but now it's caved in. So I'm wondering if that's what is that was during the cave in the the Chamber of Secrets. They they mentioned it. They said it was behind the mirror. So I don't know if that's the one. I guess that was the passage that they were down in in the last book. Yeah. And then there's another. There's so that leaves there's two under more. the Whomping Willow. Mm -hmm. So the the Whomping Willow is literally on top of like the access point for the for that so that's that's not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna work um and then there's this one behind the humpbacked witch and that leads right to the basement of honey dukes in hogsmeade how, how perfect is that so the other thing I, well before we get into that so basically the twins are saying you can use this map harry to go to Hogsmeade without anybody knowing. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have to sneak out the front door of the castle. You wouldn't have to walk past the Dementors. You could get to Hogsmeade and get back without anybody even knowing you were gone because you would travel by this, this secret path. But the map, for lack of a better term, it, it seems almost alive or kind of self-aware, mm -hmm. isn't it? Because it almost walks Harry through the process of getting to Hogsmeade and I think he has to like tap on the statue mm -hmm. to like open up the belly of the statue or something like that. That's very different from the movies too. Mm -hmm. In the movies it's just it looks like little footprints. Mm -hmm. Two little shoe prints and that's got a name by it and that's all you really see. And I was a little thrown off because it said um, there was a dot with Mrs. Norris and then he said he could see it going down the corridor and then stopping to sniff something. I'm like wow. Does he know it's stopping to sniff something? It was just a little dot. Mm -hmm. And then we get to him popping up, and it says there's a little figure of him. Mm -hmm. And that just, I was like, I didn't remember that from reading it before, and it just kind of blew my mind because, you know, we're so used to the movie version that that visual gets stuck in your head, and it kind of re overwrites what's in the books. But, but yeah, it has, it shows him, and it shows him tap the, I think it's the hump. Mm -hmm. The witch's hump. Okay. And then it even has a little word bubble that pops up that next to his mouth. That was the big thing there. And I was like, what? The, it was, the word bubble was telling him what to say. Mm -hmm. So this this map is very intuitive. And I think uh, Harry even kind of mentions that 
uh, something that uh, Arthur Weasley had told him. Don't trust anything if you don't know where it keeps its brain or something like mm -hmm. that. So this thing almost acts like it has a brain, although I don't know where it would keep it in a flat piece of parchment, but mm -hmm. it's to the point where it's actually a little word bubble is popping up telling him what to say. So maybe maybe when it showed Mrs. Norris, maybe it had, you know, like the little comic book like sound effects, like sniff sniff, sniff, sniff. next <laughs> to it. Cute. I, it just, it seems like it's, it's almost, it's alive! Kind of. So I, I thought that was very interesting, talking about the map. But Harry eventually takes the long secret trek to Honey Dukes. And when he gets there, it was a long, longer trip. It seemed like, almost seemed like he was like getting a little out of breath walking that far like it was longer than he thought it was going to be yeah he seemed to twist and wind it yeah, wasn't like a like, direct and like hundreds shot. of stairs and, and honey dukes or honey dukes but hogsmeade is you know it's not on the property so you, you already got to travel off the property we know hogwarts is on a pretty big chunk of land because we've got like the quidditch pitch and the boathouse and all the, the things and haggard's hut over there it's pretty big and then You'd have to assume Hogsmeade is also not right outside the gate either mm -hmm. of Hogs Hogwarts. So and it may not it's be. I mean, the secret passage may not even be a straight shot. Yeah. As the crow flies, even it yeah. may be. You, know, you gotta twist around the, the Chamber of Secrets and dodge this and dodge that. Mm -hmm. Castle yeah. Grayskull. Yeah. Down there, all that stuff. For all you He-Man fans out there. <laughs> Just throw He-Man in there for no reason. And uh, he, Harry eventually gets uh, to Honey Dukes. He dodges being noticed by the employees because he's in the basement. And he's got to yeah, get not where he should be. And then he, when he comes up the basement stairs, he's behind the counter. So <laughs> he's really got to do some uh, secret agent stuff to, to kind of... I like the, the, the picture that I got in my head uh, is of Harry ducking down in front of the counter and then getting up and just casually like he's been walking the yeah, whole time. Yeah, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> um, so this is the other part that kind of messed with my head because in the movies it obviously doesn't happen quite this way and he's got his invisibility cloak. So mm, I didn't think of that. It's a whole different setup. We don't have to worry about these things. Mm -hmm. It just all comes out differently. Interesting. I guess in the book he was just ready to roll. He didn't want to go back and get the invisibility cloak. Yeah, he didn't think about it. I'm sitting there going, okay, go back, get your cloak, Because okay. that would have helped him later on in the chapter, too. <laughs> <laughs> that invisibility cloak. Uh, he, he eventually reunites with Ron and Hermione, who for two very different reasons are not happy about the Marauder's Mat being in <laughs> Harry's hands. Ron is upset because the twins have this magical map and they didn't give it to their biological brother. <coughs> but they have a reason to give it to him. Harry was in need. Harry needed it. And Hermione is upset because you're going to turn that into McGonagall, aren't you? This is... This is... No. No. <laughs> Harry doesn't even pretend. He's just like, no, I am not. <laughs> Why? This is this thing's amazing. And I was, at this moment, I was prepared for her to just be her rule-abiding goody-two-shoes self, but she makes a good point. Sirius Black, this mass murderer, is sneaking in and out of the castle some way, and we don't know how. And here, this map shows secret passages that he could very well be using. True. 
And I was like, oh, she got a point. But on the <laughs> other hand, I get to go to Hogsmeade whenever I want. <laughs> This is so, true too. Dangerous mass murderer on no. the loose. <laughs> His argument was the trapdoor is really hard to see. Yeah, it's really like really blends in really well. So like how would he There's even, no way how would that he, he even would know, know about that? Well, the last several pages of this chapter are super eye-opening. Tons of earth-shattering news. <laughs> the trio is in three broomsticks. Enjoying a hot butter beer. Hot butter beer. I'll make you a frozen butter beer. Yes. Go get some ice cream and whatnot. Remember what my recipe is. Oh, you promised somebody the recipe. Did you send it to them already? No, I did not. But I'm in trouble. But I shall. All right. If you want the recipe for frozen butter beer, email me at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or on Twitter at broomsticksb. Since he's got to find it anyway, now's the time to ask. Yeah. So they're drinking warm butterbeer in three broomsticks when all of a sudden they have to hide Harry because of who walks in. That would be Professor McGonagall, mm-hmm. Hagrid, Professor Flitwick, Ouch. and the Minister of Magic himself. He of the purple pointy boots, <laughs> Mr. Cornelius Fudge. So Harry is definitely not supposed to be there, and there are four people that could... Uh, potentially cause a lot of problems for him if he is recognized. So Hermione does some quick thinking. Well, a couple things I like here. So Ron and Hermione both like grab Harry and shove him under the table. But as many writers and for TV books, whatever, they forget. Harry took his mug with him. I was very impressed by that. I'm like, good, because then you know, people aren't suspicious. Why is there a third mug sitting here? Who did that belong to? Let me just look under the table. Ron would say, that's my second mug. Mug. Uh. (laughs) Drink two at the same time. Uh, Hermione does like a little spell. (laughs) She knows so many handy spells. But the spell just like moves a Christmas tree in front of them? Yeah. She like Levitates a Christmas tree and slides it over. Kind of like the old cartoons when somebody like gets behind like a, a potted plant and, and, and moves exactly. with it. Exactly. So they it blocks their whole table. Their Nobody whole table. Can see them. And allows them to kind of eavesdrop on the conversation that's happening between these four pretty prominent uh, people in the uh, important adults. Yes. In the wizarding world. Because they just happen to sit on the table, sit at the table right next to them. So they overhear some insane new facts about Sirius Black and, more importantly, his relationship to Harry. We find out that in his Hogwarts days, Sirius was inseparable from his best friend and Harry's dad, James Potter. Mm -hmm. That Sirius was even the best man at James and Lily Potter's wedding and Harry's godfather. Dun, dun, dun. Then we learn of something that was a bit hard for me to follow. So I was hoping maybe you could break it down for me. Can you explain the secret keeper charm? Yeah, apparently. So Dumbledore arranged it so that James and Lily would go into hiding. And the best way... And why were they going into hiding? Because Dumbledore had spies mm-hmm. in you-know-who's army and found out and tipped them off that... Uh, Voldemort was going to come after James and Lily and Harry. Well, come after Harry. So James and Lily went into hiding, and they said the best, most top secret, surefire way 
to keep them safe is the secret keeper's charm. And the way they did it is, Flitwick even said it's a very complex charm, complex spell, but when you once you do it, only one person can know where you are. And that one person, if they don't tell anybody, then you can never be found. Like they said that Voldemort could be, have his nose pressed up against the window looking in and not find them. And as long as that one person doesn't tell anybody, you can't be found. Well, it seems that Sirius was in league with Voldemort this whole time because he did tell somebody. He told the Dark Lord himself. He betrayed James and Lily Potter, as the story goes, which ended up leading to their deaths. So the one person that James Potter uh, trusted, the, the friend, friend that he trusted the most in the world, mm-hmm. uh, apparently... Because Dumbledore offered to do it. Offered right. to be their secret keeper. I'm assuming if it was serious, then he could, like, come visit, maybe? Mm-hmm. Then sort of, like, best friends. James was like, hey, I want to be able to have my best friend come visit and, and see his godson. And and James even said that Sirius would, would rather die than, than tell the secret. So even if you, like, tortured him to try to get, you know, the secret out of him, he wouldn't he wouldn't budge. That's how loyal he Sirius was to James, James and Lily. But according to the story... It seems that Sirius betrayed James and Lily, which ended up leading to their deaths and kind of setting off this dominoes of effects to where we're at here in the middle of the third book. And Hagrid tells him, Hagrid gets pretty animated and pretty upset when he recounts the story of coming to take Harry after the deaths of, of James and Lily when Sirius himself showed up. And at the time, Hagrid's not aware of this apparent betrayal by Sirius, right? So how did that encounter kind of go, according to Hagrid? Um, yeah, I'm guessing so once Sirius told someone, mm-hmm. whoever he told Voldemort or another person who then related to Voldemort, whatever, and then the spell was broken so not anybody can find the house, and Dumbledore sent Hagrid to go get Harry. And a lot of people wonder about that scenario. How did that happen? Why didn't Dumbledore go himself and inspect the crime scene whatever um but Hagrid went and collected Harry and when he was getting ready to leave Sirius shows up and he's all upset and he seemed really upset and kind of agitated and just on edge and he wanted to take Harry he said I'm my I'm the godfather give me Harry I'll take care of him and Hagrid said no I've got my orders from Dumbledore I'm supposed to take him straight back to Dumbledore or to his aunt and uncle's house mm-hmm. where he was meeting Dumbledore. And Sirius argued with him, but eventually gave in and then gave him his flying motorbike, motorcycle. Right, which was kind of interesting because I I always just kind of thought that was Hagrid's. And Hagrid was like, I, I should have seen realized it then. He said, I won't be needing it anymore. And he loved that bike. Why did he give it to me? It was all very strange. But I should have known it was because he knew he wasn't going to need it anymore because the ministry was going to be after him and he was going to need to be on the run. And the, the motorbike is too is not very inconspicuous. No. And Hagrid also assumes that after learning all after learning what he knows now, that Sirius was not upset because of what happened to James and Lily. He was upset because of what happened, happened to, to Voldemort. Yes. When the curse backfired on him when he tried to kill Harry. 
So there's a lot of there's a lot of t parts of the story being told here, and I you know we're gonna find out later whether they all add up the way everybody thinks they they add up. Well, we gotta go a step further. There's another piece. Mm -hmm. So then after that, Sirius goes on the run, and everybody I guess at the table thought that the Ministry caught up to him and mm -hmm. cornered him. But we find out that, no, it wasn't the Ministry, it was Peter Pettigrew, another boy that went to Hogwarts with James and Sirius. Mm -hmm. Kind of idolized James and Sirius. He was kind of the, uh, who's the Colin Creevy? Yeah. He was, the kind of, he was kind of the Colin Creevy of, of their time. And uh, was very upset when he heard about what had happened, how Sirius had betrayed James and what happened to James and Lily. So tell us about the fate of... Yes. Peter Pettigrew. So it was like on a muggle street and they got their reports from the muggles. They didn't have to take their memories away. But uh, Fudge said that the muggles saw Peter confront Sirius and corner him and then that Sirius blew up the block. There was a big crater. A bunch of people died and they said there were just bloody robes and pieces of Peter Pettigrew left. Mm -hmm. And that's when the ministry took Sirius in to custody. He said he was laughing and took him into custody and he's been in Azkaban. And th this hit McGonagall very hard when she was recounting the story, right? Mm -hmm. She kind of remembered Peter Pettigrew as not the greatest wizarding Yeah, student. didn't have a lot of talent. And, you know, was way out of his league and going after somebody like Sirius, who, who was a very talented wizard. And he suffered the ultimate fate because of that. And McGonagall just really just feels torn up about that, uh, recounting that uh, story about what happened with Peter Pettigrew. Another thing I found interesting in this little reveal, because there was so much... Um, Fudge talks about how he went one of his times inspecting Azkaban prison and how all the people there go mad within a week and they're all crazy. Mm -hmm. but, Mumbling to themselves and but um, kind of like Arkham Asylum in, in the Batman universe. But he said Sirius seemed quite normal. Mm -hmm. Kind of Lucid bored. And he was just acting like he was bored sitting there. Doing his, do, wanting to do the crossword yeah. puzzle. and You finished with your paper? Can I do the crossword puzzle? I'm just looking for something to do. Yeah, that was... Uh, the fact that Azkaban apparently didn't affect uh, Sirius in the same way that it affected everybody else, and the fact that Sirius was the only one to ever escape from Azkaban, there's a lot of nuances there that, that we need to get clarification on. Yeah, I'm very curious. For that part in particular, why did it not affect him? So the chapter basically ends with the foursome from uh, the Hogwarts staff and, and Fudge heading back to the castle. And Ron and Hermione are just kind of looking at Harry, wondering if right. how is he processing all of this information that, that just came to him. And, and that's the end of chapter 10. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so a lot of information in this chapter. A long chapter, but like I said, I mean, it, it flowed really well, especially given the sheer amount of uh, facts that were shoved into the, the tiny pipeline into our brains. Yes. 
anything you wanted to, to talk about other than uh, what happened in the chapter? Maybe some differences or similarities to the, the movie? Or do you think we hit everything pretty good? I think I hit them. I mean, there were a lot of differences. A lot. But mostly it all stems back to that one change. Mm-hmm. That we... He got the map and he took his invisibility cloak. Because like that in the movie, that whole conversation happens like upstairs in an office in a private meeting and he sneaks in using his invisibility cloak so there are a lot of differences but most of them are just because of that one change because if he would have had the invisibility cloak he could have put put it on and like put his butterbeer underneath the cloak Mm -hmm. with like Mm -hmm. a little straw yeah and then you just hear <laughs> Especially when it when it's empty and you get to like that bot uh, that with stuff the foamy the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would have been even better if you would have just like had the cloak on everywhere but the butterbeer and you just see like the butterbeer cup like just floating up to his lips every once in a while. There you go. And they would have thought, Oh, that's just a ghost drinking butterbeer. Drinking butterbeer, no big. Totally normal. Uh, so are we done with chapter ten then? I think we're done. Alright, so that is chapter ten, the Marauders map of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Next time we come at you, we will be at Chapter 11. Uh, You want to look up what Chapter 11 is while I'm doing our shout-outs here at the end? Uh, Like I said, you can uh, follow the show on any podcast platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, whatever podcast platform you use, if there's an opportunity to leave us a review please do and uh if you're really liking what we're doing here give us five stars it really helps up the profile of the show and you can interact with us on facebook broomsticks and butterbeer and on twitter at broomsticks b at broomsticks and the letter b all one word no underscores no spaces anything like that i think we're like up to like 300 uh followers on twitter nice and so we can you know the more we can increase that, the more we can uh, up our profile as well and uh, bring some more content to you. And if you are listening to this as we're recording it in August of 2019, we are got a appearance set for SalukiCon next month in Carbondale, Illinois. I believe it is the last weekend in September, like the 28th and 29th. And we are going to be doing a, a panel at uh, SalukiCon the last weekend in September of 2019. And if you're listening to this in t- 2022, you missed uh, it. it already happened, and it was amazing. So great. Uh, next chapter, Jessica, chapter 11 is? The Firebolt. Ooh. So uh, if, if my knowledge of uh, Harry Potter lore, which is about 10% of what yours is, is correct... Uh, maybe Harry will be on the Quidditch pitch um, in a uh, positive capacity sooner rather than later? I would assume so. All right. So uh, until next time, thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing uh, and spreading the word. We really appreciate it. Give us a shout out and we will give you a shout out on the air. Until next time, I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And this is Broomsticks and Butterbeer. We will see you next time. Bye.